Running a pet business is no walk in the park. I've been there, done that, and sure have the campfire stories to prove it. That's why Pet Boss Nation created Camp Pet Boss, where you can relax at a beautiful lake, refuel your leadership confidence with our in-person activities, and reignite your passion for the pet business of your dreams with your pet industry peers and trusted experts. Camp Pet Boss is a one-of-a-kind business retreat that mixes conference learning sessions and camp-like activities for pet professionals and their dogs. When was the last time that you got away from your business, unplugged from the chaos, and reconnected with your inner entrepreneurial spirit? And I hope that you heard me, that your furry best friend could be there too. Get ready for the most amazing and unique in-person adventure for pet business owners and their dogs, happening this summer in Lake Delton, Wisconsin, August 27th through the 30th of 2024. Tickets will sell out, and one building is already booked solid, So I want you to hit pause on this podcast and visit camppetboss.com right now to make sure that you have a room reserved. Your ticket price includes all food, lodging, and seminars. Need another reason to secure your ticket early? How about a massive discount of savings of $850 off your ticket? That's right. Early bird pricing is happening right now, but not for much longer. And I can't wait to hang out with you at camp this summer and share all those juicy pet boss stories around the campfire. What do the films A Man Called Otto, Hocus Pocus 2, The Black Phone, and many more have in common? One of our clients, it's a Pet Boss Mastermind member, Brittany Long. Not only is Brittany an animal trainer on Hollywood film sets, she also has her own line of golden retrievers and a dog boarding, grooming, and training facility called Hillcrest Canine Country Club in Catawissa, Pennsylvania. She's on today's episode sharing with you ways that you can find additional revenue inside your pet business. And she shares the one thing in common, whether you're working with celebrities or cuddly animals. Welcome to the Boss Your Business Podcast, the show for the local pet business owner. If you have a physical building, carry inventory, have a team, or dream of having one someday, then this podcast is for you. You'll hear honest conversations from pet pros work in the streets of Main Street, where dog business is big business. I'm your show host, Candice Daniolo, the founder of Pet Boss Nation and a pet business coach. I've started, scaled, and sold three successful pet businesses and now help mentor thousands of pet professionals to see success faster together. I'm sharing my favorite business tips with you, mixed with the latest secrets of what's working now, especially in this challenging world. So if you're a pet supply store, grooming salon, dog daycare, boarding facility, pet sitter, dog trainer, or really anyone covered in fur, let's get started. Brittany Long, welcome to the Boss Your Business podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. This is going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. I am so impressed with your pet business, Hillcrest Canine Country Club, that, I mean, I I kind of wish we lived closer so that I could just bring my dogs to your boarding (laughs) facility. We're going to talk more about that, but it truly is just beautiful. I feel like you've taken that country club aspect to like, (laughs) to the top of the charts there. That's great. And you also 
might be, I feel like, the most interesting person and most interesting pet pro that I've had yet as a guest here on the podcast because of your film experience too, as a dog trainer on set. So I know we have a lot we could talk about. <laughs> now let's, let's, let's walk through your journey though, for everybody, like how, you know, start from the beginning. What was your um, pet industry experience? Sure. Well, I started showing dogs actually when I was a child, when I was six years old and kind of continued as I got older. I started running a pet business out of my parents' home, actually. I groomed all my teacher's dogs and we had three kennels at my parents' house that we did very small scale, but I actually put myself through college that way. So oh, it was wow. Oh, yeah, wow. it was like a, a fun little extra side gig. I didn't have to get another job, which was great. So started with that. I moved to my husband's area, kind of about 45 minutes away from my parents at the time. And we got married and I started a business there. We did training and grooming there. And about six years ago now, we purchased the current location that where we're at. Much larger, 18 and a half acre property. Our house is located on the same property, which is a good and bad thing. But now, now we have the boarding facility. We do grooming, training. I have a little retail space, daycare, a little bit of everything. And somewhere along that journey, you also got into the film industry. You buddied up with Hollywood. Right. You've been next to Tom Hanks. Yeah. <laughs> I have a picture that you've shared with us proving yeah. to me that you are next to Tom Hanks. We, you yeah. know, I've seen the movie that yeah. your cat was in, A Man Called Otto. Tell us about that experience. Like, where did that whole journey fall into this Storyline. Yeah, so we did a lot of fun stuff in college because we have the golden retrievers. That's my breed that I love so much. Okay. I love them all, but that's my big, big thing. And we started with print ads and doing fun things with them and print ads. And because I like to think our dogs are well-trained, we got asked to do bigger and bigger and bigger projects to the point now where we have cats that I also train for set and I'm becoming kind of very well known for our cats. So kind of an interesting avenue that I never really thought about pursuing as a cat trainer, but okay. here we are. Would you say you're like you're an animal agent or talent agent, or how would you define your role in this film industry? Yeah. So I'm an animal trainer. We have several different agencies that we work for and they call us up when they have a specific need casting call that was put out for a specific look of an animal or a skill set, something like that. Cool. Oh, wow. So did you just start lo like locally with those print ads and your golden retrievers? Or how, how did we're, we're about two and a half hours from New York City. Okay. So it's an, it's not a bad drive yeah. <laughs> as much as we do it. I'm kind of used to it at this yeah. point. We do that Philadelphia, mostly Pittsburgh, Cleveland. Cool. So yeah. Is there a connection? Like what would be some, some similarities to the, to the film industry? and your dog daycare boarding business? So I, I, yeah, I think it's a lot of communicating with individuals and doing it clearly, precisely, making sure that everyone understands what the outcome is going to be. And with animals, especially in the film industry, it's kind of like under promise, over deliver. And, you know, we know what we can do and make sure our animals can do that 
but you get them in a strange environment and you never know, you know, what the animals will do. And so it's kind of the same thing with boarding is like we try to make it stress free and the animals like it there. But at the end of the day, they're animals. And so, you know, we do our best to kind of communicate with clients and make sure they know how the animals are doing. So I think, you know, that part in a strange way is kind of a connecting piece between there you know, and just kind of being realistic that in all aspects of, you know, whether it's grooming, training, boarding, the animal film industry, all of that is that they are animals at the end of the day, and they're going to do things that we don't expect. And it's important to realize that in a pet business uh, setting too, we can't always predict what they're going to do. So. Right. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Having run my own dog daycare, I totally understand <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. I was like, I mean, I was a retailer originally and in the retail world, you know, you manage a lot of inventory and right. you usually have a smaller team. And then on the pet care side of things, you know, you don't have the inventory, but you're, you've got all right. that animal energy and all that yeah. human energy. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, essentially you have two sets of clients. You have the animal itself and making sure that it likes doing what it's doing, liking being where it is. But then you have the human side of it saying, okay, you know, the animal's excited to come here. They're happy here. Their tail's Mm -hmm. wagging when they come in. You know, so all of those things, as you know, you have two sets of clients. Yeah. (laughs) Right, right. Absolutely. And what you're here today to talk about is that you want to focus on finding extra revenue within our businesses. You, I think have done this beautifully in a lot of different areas. And so I want us to start going down that path to explore this conversation and hope for our listeners and hopefully encourage them and motivate them to take a look at their businesses to find these opportunities. What's right. one of the first things that you want to talk about on this topic? So everybody's business is different in this group, which is one thing that I kind of like because we're bringing and pulling from different areas. So I'm going to try to broaden this out a little bit. My grandfather had a pet store for 50 years. It was a farm store when I was a small child. So I kind of grew up listening to some of the things that he said. And it was funny that growing up, he used to say, never sell dog food. Don't sell dog food because you don't make that much. And it changes, changes with the wind. So growing up, I was like, okay, if I open a store, I'm not going to sell dog food. The rules with selling dog food are, you know, as, as far as I'm concerned, dog food trends follow people food trends. What looks good to us looks good, you know, for the, the buyers reading the label, so on and so forth. But How that translates to this is that if we make our services look like something we would like as people, generally, they're more willing to bite and and kind of dive into that. For example, um, you know, we did a Barktoberfest with our dogs that were staying here. So, you know, we made doggy flavored, quote unquote, beer and, um, you know, had dog flavored pretzels and, you know, all kinds of treats like that. And it's kind of a good way to move inventory that I found has been sitting for a little while and to kind of get people saying, oh, my dog really likes these treats. I'm going to come back for them again. We have a 35 run kennel here. So that part of the aspect is fixed. You know, I can't change the number of dogs that come in other than if there's less. However, we can increase revenue by kennel. And so doing these special little things kind of help with that a little bit. So when you're talking about events, it sounds like you're saying let's the trends that are happening in the human world 
we can translate into our pet businesses. And even if you don't sell products, what you're saying is you've, you've used these events to kind of add on to experiences of pets that are already currently in your care. Correct. So we have a monthly specials list and generally it's a lick mat we're offering with a special flavor. It's a craft with the dog. It's two exercise packages and it's one homemade treat of some sort. So those are all themey for the month. Um, right now, you know, we're, it's November. So we're doing pumpkin pie lick mats we're offering. We're doing paint a pumpkin to make it look like a turkey with their paw print on it. We're doing gobble till you wobble, walk and treat sessions. You know, so all of those things are kind of listed right when the person checks in on a themed list. It's laminated. It's right there by the register for them. We've actually started texting clients before their arrival there. So they have the list and it's been really cute because some of them actually bring the list with them and check off exactly what their dog is going to get. Then when it comes to the weekend, though, we offer special weekend activities. So we normally have a bigger crowd on the weekend. It makes us, you know, increase our revenue even more. So again, it being November, it's the weekend before Thanksgiving. We're offering a Thanksgiving party this weekend where the dog gets a painted pumpkin because we have a lot of those to use up. And we have a lot of harder themed Thanksgiving toys. We've got wishbones that are like Nyla bones. We've got turkey legs. We've got those sorts of things. So they get one of those and they also get a Thanksgiving treat. Okay. I have so many questions. Okay. So <laughs> this is all fantastic because, you know, you started out with Pet Boss Nation as a Pet Boss Club member, and then you are now in our Pet Boss Mastermind. And so you're well-versed in like all the things that we do at Pet Boss Nation and how we help our clients. And, and one of the things that we do is like a live Q and A, right? Like I just had one this morning with our Pet Boss Club members. They bring a big challenge that they're seeing in their business and we kind of brainstorm together. And a recent question from somebody who is a kind of, they have um, dog boarding at, at their home. Like it's just similar, like they're in the front, the dogs okay. are in the back. When, when people come to drop off, it seems a little, probably not necessarily a fast transaction, but there's so much to cover, right? It's like, right. what are the dog's needs? I'm dropping off all this stuff. You might have other people waiting in line. And she was just wondering like how you can sell all these add-on services in that moment. Cause she didn't necessarily have that space. So can you just share a little bit more about the process of how your clients, I know you said that they have a list, but how have you either automated or what have you found is the best way to actually sell these things? Yeah. So I feel like the personal connection part these days is really lacking. You know, we do so much online and we put so much up on Instagram and Facebook and those sorts of, of spots, but in our neck of the woods, it's a lot about personal one-on-one. -on -one. Hey, I know your dog when it comes in. It really likes A, B, and C. Um, last time you got A and B, um, you know, the dog preferred this one. What do you think about trying this, you know, this time? So those things that we know the dogs when they come in, that's always helpful if it's a return client. If it's not a return client, we're emailing them all the forms ahead of time that they need to fill out. So taking that stressor out, that way when they come to check in and they kind of, this sounds interesting, but they kind of feel bad about leaving their dog. And so they're more apt to look at those things as far as specials and maybe splurge on one or two or three or four things just because 
you know, they, they feel bad that they're leaving them. They want to take special care of them. So, you know, we do send those things out ahead of time to take that annoying paperwork factor out. They'll have them all printed. It takes less time at check-in. And then we can focus on the fun stuff and add the extra revenue. I think another reason that it's probably been very successful for you is the words that you're using to communicate these add-ons and these experiences. Uh-huh. And I I know that not everyone can see this right now, but you just have brought up the November things that you're doing for Thanksgiving. And I am blown away <laughs> at your Thanksgiving <laughs> day, like the dog dinner. Okay. So I don't know when our listener is listening to this, but they could go check out your Facebook page for the Hillcrest Canine Country Club. And maybe you'll find this beautiful dining room table that is full of these <laughs> little, these tins that are filled with a Thanksgiving day meals. And so it's, you're sharing uh, ahead of time, right? What these meals are going to look like. You're you're really painting the picture visually for people, but it's not just those pictures. It's the words. Okay. And I'm going to read this on here <laughs> is that people will like the menu. Okay. A lot of times people might say it includes turkey breast, sweet potatoes. I don't know that I've seen the marshmallow garnish before, but green beans, <laughs> bread, bears, and a dessert cookie that it, most people might just say that, but no, here's how you've described it. <laughs> Oven roasted turkey breast hand mashed sweet potatoes with a light marshmallow garnish, steamed green beans, cranberry bread bears, seasonal dessert cookie. I mean, did you work in the fine dining industry? <laughs> so I'm very lucky because because of the film industry, I get to travel a lot. Yes. And my thing was, you know, I don't want it to just be a kennel where the dogs come and sit. You know, they they do a lot while they're here. But I I try to formulate things like we're a bed and breakfast, you know, mm-hmm. trying to kind of make that atmosphere that when the people come in, they're friends, you know, so we have conversations. It's not just high and by. And I think certainly adding extra people, going back to your original question at check-in, that has helped tremendously because initially we were, you know, one one man show at the front. Now we have about three people checking in clients at the same time. So certainly that has helped because then we can have three of those conversations going at the same time. Yeah. Making sure that that each person kind of feels like they're the only one here. Yeah. I love that. And additional lingo that you're using is for your November specials of these treats. You you've put some treats that like the lick mat and the puppuccino Mm-hmm. And the tasting flight, the turkey tasting flight. Yeah. I love that. But it's all framed underneath a headline that says from the kitchen. Oh, yeah. Again, it's just like, like that bed and breakfast. It's like beautiful marketing. That's so great. Um, yes, they certainly like the um, home cooked part of this whole thing. People, especially where we're from, you know, like to add toppers to their dog food you know, and kind of educating our clients. That's act, that's actually a good thing to do. So yeah, it's fun. Are you baking in this kitchen or do you have a, a team member who focuses on, do you have a chef? You've got a, your, your dogs have a canine chef. <laughs> well, it depends. We have chickens. So I like to use their eggs for certain things. So one thing that dogs really like, we do a breakfast in bed Saturday special. So we use the eggs that we already have. And cool things about lick mats is they're silicone. So you could put a raw egg on there and microwave it. And now it's a really cool lick mat. So, you know, there's different ways of using those things that are quote unquote free or or low, low prices points, but they really work out well. 
Oh, I love that. So do you find that the majority of your clients are buying these add-ons? Yes. <laughs> so it makes it worth it. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. You know, and I think uh, again, the exercise ones are big, you know, adding extra, extra exercise, no matter if it's Easter, we bought huge Easter eggs that you could fill in our dog yards and they went on an Easter egg hunt and picked out their Easter egg. So again, kind of interactive things. So people know their dogs aren't just sitting there are really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And so have you found that this is afford like cost affordable to you? Because like, you know, I'm just seeing here this gobble till you wobble or potentially that Easter egg hunt thing. So it's Mm -hmm. about 15 minutes that the dog gets and you're charging the customer $15. And mm-hmm. then you have to pay the team member to do that. Is this right. a team member who's already caring there for the animals or did you hire Correct. a team member? Okay. Nope. Nope. So already same, already same team member. And it seems like, you know, we can get four of those done in an hour. So it's, that's pretty easy. That's great. Cool. Those are some great event ideas and how you've found ways to use the events you also expressed to me that that one of the strategies you've used to help grow extra revenue is about bundling things together. Right. So I know with Pet Boss Mastermind classes, you know, we're all about teaching upscaling and bundling and those things. And that's one strategy that we use. One, to educate our clients on things like educational dog toys, making them a more balanced dog. So we like to pair things together like a lick mat and a can of peanut butter, you know, and those sorts of things. Or right now, uh, big sn- snuffle toys are really big. And so we're putting like Zook's mini treats with them in a um, pretty cellophane wrapper, wrapping them up with a bow. The thing we found most important is that we give instructions with those items because people don't know how to use them. And then they get them home and they're like, oh my gosh, why did I buy this? What is this? And instead, if you include a little tag that says exactly how to use them, they come back to refill those items with the treats that they got initially. So it's a good kind of bounce back thing. We also took advice from the club and we started putting in a bounce back coupon in those. So you get your, right now we have our little snuffled gingerbread man house with our little Zook treats. And in there is the instructions and a coupon for another bag of treats when they run out. I love that idea. That's great. Yeah. So you're, you've designed something. Did you make it in Canva? It's like, is it in your branding? I'm assuming Yeah. your Mm -hmm. your business's brand. You've made a little instruction card, encouraging them how to use it. Love that. And the bounce back. That's fantastic. I love it. What are some other ways that you've increased your revenue? Well, kind of going along with the monthly specials, and I touched on it a little bit earlier is we offer Saturday specials. So those are texted out on Saturdays only, or potentially the day before on Friday night, talking about a special event or meal or something that we're having on Saturday there. And again, it kind of taps into the fact that the client's away, the animal is here, they want to spoil it. And normally I try to pair it with something going on. We live in a cold weather climate. Last weekend, we did something that was turkey stew oriented because I said, oh, it's cold outside. We're making something warm in the kitchen. We're going with some turkey stew. So people can identify the fact of, oh, that's a comfort food. It makes me feel good. The dogs love it. So it's a good thing all the way around. We make extra revenue. The dogs love it. The people love it. And it's gotten to the point where, 
you know, people are saying online about our business. We just love the Saturday specials and, you know, don't take a lot of extra effort necessarily other than sending out the text is probably the most lengthy part of the process, but the amount that we get back is much greater. So it's kind of a neat extra add-on opportunity. Yeah. And you know, what is coming to my mind is that I know that there are people listening going, I worry about texting my customers during their vacation time. Like kind of feel like they shouldn't do that. You mm-hmm. know? So what has your been your experience with I'm curious also just how much you communicate with your client that's away who's left their animal in your care during a normal stay anyway, too. Yeah. So our rule is with our animal care advocates here that they're texting pictures maybe once a day, once every other day, just kind of giving their owners updates. Certainly if there's a problem, they're the first ones to know about it. Um, But if they're not, we just kind of snap some pictures of them having a good time and so on and so forth to make it kind of go a little bit easier. There are some clients that will say, no, 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 I'm out of the country. Don't worry about it. But past that, everybody seems to be really appreciative. Our client base is so such that they appreciate that. So I think it depends on your pricing a little bit and the type of client that you have, but ours is higher end. So they want to know exactly how, you know, dog or dog is doing. So, yeah. Yeah. And actually to that point, it may be if you haven't priced that into your services, I mean, like if you don't have that additional team member to be able to handle that communication, because I'm sure at some facilities, you know, this could be, it can't, the initial kickoff of a text could be. Um, automated, but the back and forth potentially could be time consuming, right? It's a new, it's a whole nother channel of communication that your customer has with you on top of email and social media and the phone, you know, and so, or their client portal even. So I know for some businesses it might be overwhelming, but if it's not currently priced into having that team member, that could be also an additional revenue stream to say, Hey, would you like to add on our photos, our daily photos being sent to you or Yeah. I mean, you know, it's one of those things too, like we have clients that I'll I'll write and say, hey, you know, Bailey's really bored today. He looks like he could use a walk. The weather's really nice. Do you want him to have an extra walk? Or, you know, Barney, Barney's sitting here kind of looking bored. You want us to give him a filled bone, you know, so those things don't have to happen on weekends. They're very easy. Take two seconds to do. And now I just sold a $15 walk or a $10 bone. Um, you know, because I've literally had no one say no, (laughs) So (laughs) you know, we're texting those things and it uh, again, takes like 0.2 seconds to send that text. Yeah. Yeah. And then they can't say yes if you are not giving them the opportunity to either. Right. Right. Well, I really love that how you've taken this human touch and brought it through so many aspects of your business and caring for the animals like they are true guests, you know, staying <laughs> in your in your home and your bed and breakfast. <laughs> and I'm just curious, like as you um, as an entrepreneur, think about the future of the pet industry or like even just what's going on um, with the world right now with inflation or it's hard to find workers like what do you think is the future of the pet industry? I think in my mind, it's only going to grow, at least from what I've seen. You know, people aren't having children at, at quite the fast rate as they were or as many children. And pets seems to kind of be filling that void, especially for young professionals that are working. So in my opinion, I think it's only going to grow and get better for us as pet business owners. I think, again, we have to be creative in the marketing of that because the overall 
customer seems to be a little more well-educated than maybe they were 10 years ago about what's good for their dog or what their dog should be doing. So I think that's one aspect we need to be looking at first trying to sell bakery items or if we're trying to do dog walks, you know, it's important to realize that maybe our clientele are a little more educated than prior. Mm-hmm. And I think that also, you know, one of the areas you've found success is through all the different kinds of services, whether it's training or right. grooming or the boarding and these different activities. And so as either you know, in the product world, you know, it's a commodity and people are you know buying more online and, or they want that ease and it just, I think, is a reminder what you're doing too, um, to even to retailers is that really establishing your expertise, sharing that knowledge that you have, and then looking at these other kinds of services that you could expand into that could complement your business is, is probably a really good idea too, as we move. Yeah. I mean, I think even if you, you know, even if you own a pet store, there's that opportunity to make that connection with the client that comes in once a week. Cause they're not getting that online. They're yeah. not getting that, you know, from an Etsy store or wherever they're thinking about shopping. They're, they're not getting that there. So having mm-hmm. that personal connection, somebody who knows their animal knows about what they buy or what they typically pick up. You could help make them a suggestion that might one, make their pets health better or two, you know, just kind of make that connection with that person. Awesome. Now you did join the Pet Boss Mastermind uh, not that long ago. It's a brand new program for us. We kicked it off this summer and we are opening up applications again soon for our other pet business owners in the community to join us in this mastermind. Why did you initially join? So doing a program like this was new for me. I, I haven't done that. So, so for me, um, that was outside of my box and my comfort zone. Um, But I do think that making connections with people who have similar, maybe problem solving strategies, um, you know, similar businesses, what learning what works for those people, what doesn't work for those people, even if you take away one good thing, I think it's worth it, not only because you kind kind of formed that community, but also you now have a skill set that you didn't 10 minutes ago. And I I think that's really important. Again, I kind of like the mastermind idea because for me, you know, again, our clientele is high end, you know, and those people seem to be a good fit for that because maybe they have a business scale similar to mine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's, you know, we all are on our own entrepreneurial journey and business sizes and, and how long we've you know been doing this. And, <laughs> and yeah. so there's, I mean, while a lot of the problems are consistent across many businesses, uh, they kind of can translate differently at different stages. So when we launched the pet boss club, it's a great place for people who are either just starting out in business or who are maybe needing to get excited again about their business or who are ready to fix a problem that they have. Like maybe they're not generating enough cash flow yet. Like that the club is great for like business 101, that foundation stuff. And then our mastermind is really for the businesses who've not that they don't have challenges because we all do, but that are ready to go. Okay. Well, I'm ready to like scale this or think differently, or how can I you know, kind of think about what's next or what other revenue stream can I bring in? How, and then how can I support other peers at this stage of the game too? Mm-hmm. 
And one of the things I feel like, uh, what's been a benefit during the, the the time that we have had together? I feel like, didn't you do our 30 day reset? We like just came in. Remember, I remember you <laughs> came into a more intimate Zoom room because the Pep Boss Mastermind, we come, it's a sm- much smaller group. And so we came together and it just every month we reset and like make this, this mini plan of like, what do I have to get done? And I feel like you enjoyed that process. Yeah, I think that was very helpful organizing, especially, you know, again, we're kind of around the holiday season and you can get very easily overwhelmed and burnt out by a lot of event, you know, having a lot of events, doing a lot of sales, trying to figure out what's best for the business and how much, how we can make a little extra money in this avenue or that avenue. And it becomes a very overwhel- overwhelming uh, task for sure. So certainly helpful in organizing all of that mess. Um, and making it a uh, timely flow. And I have to say this year, I feel the most relaxed that I've felt. So it's been great. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great to hear. That's good to hear. I was just in another meeting and they said that like time, you know, time is wealth, meaning, you know, if you can get time off and some of your precious time back, that is definitely exactly. a good thing. So exactly. I'm glad that we were able to to help you with that. All right. Well, I'd love to ask all of my guests on this Boss Your Business podcast, what does bossing your business mean to you? Oh my gosh. I feel like that's a loaded question. (laughs) I Um, I feel like, you know, feeling, having a feeling of accomplishment within your business, whether it be, you know, I always like my employees to feel like what they're doing matters, you know? So I guess more so for me with that, uh, in addition to that, obviously having a successful business kind of follows that, I feel like, because those people are holding you up, you know? Mm-hmm. So I feel like if you have the ability to do that, then you're in good shape. And what's next for you in Hollywood? And is, it, <laughs> is it Schmiggle, your cat? <laughs> Schmiggle, yes. Schmiggle's our cat that we did in the movie, A Man Called Otto. Um, we're working because um, the Screen Actors Guild had a strike this summer. So we went from July till just about a week and a half ago. They resolved that. So I'm actually working on American Horror Story right now. We finished the first part um, prior to the strike. Now we're working on the second part. We're having a, we have one of the two of the golden retrievers in that, as well as our black cats in that. So if you watch that, we'll be in there. Um, but yeah, that's that's our current project that I can talk about. <laughs> yeah, that you, that you can talk about. I love it. Yeah. Oh, I just love it. And um, and, and on that note, I think we're all like excited for the, well, I shouldn't say we're all excited. I know I'm excited for the American Horror Story. <laughs> to come out. And I wonder sometimes like on the sets, is it as scary as like, probably not, probably not as scary on the set as sometimes. Yeah, yeah I, I have to say doing a lot of different scary movies has kind of ruined that for me. (laughs) Now I know a little too much of how they do certain things and it's not as scary anymore, but. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I'm sure you have so many stories that you could share. Maybe we'll have to get you in person at, in person at a conference with a cocktail. And I'll be like, tell me, tell me everything. (laughs) All right. Well, Brittany, thank you so much for being here today and for sharing these great ideas uh, with our podcast listeners. Sure. Thank you so much for having me. Did you know 
that we also have a weekly email newsletter and a blog, all full of amazing business building tools for you, completely free resources. And that's how you stay in the know with everything that we have happening at Pet Boss Nation. Now, the best way to get on our email list if you're not currently is to visit petboss.com, scroll to the bottom of the site and jump on our newsletter right there. Because this podcast is just one of the many ways that we provide free tips and resources to pet professionals all over the globe. All right, visit petboss.com to jump on our email newsletter list and you'll find out about newest blog posts, newest podcast episodes, as well as any free webinars or trade shows or appearances that we might be going to. All right, let's stay connected every single week, not just through the podcast, but through your email too. visit petboss.com.